That's no moon. Asteroids in the corner of Coruscant Way and World Drive. You're listening to the intersection of Star Wars, Disney Entertainment, and Parks and Resort Fun. <laughs> Hi, cat. <laughs> Maz, our cat just jumped on to the desk. I'm your host, Brian, and with me as always is my ghost host, Nancy. Hello. Keep your hands, arms, feet, and legs inside the podcast at all times. We're breaking down everything we know about Galaxy's Edge. And before we go too much further, the Mouse Droid is brought to you by you, our Tashi Station Patreon subscribers. Head over to patreon.com slash Tashi Station. Get in at the $1 level and join the Patreon-exclusive Slack team, where you can talk uh, Disney parks with us. Yes. It's all it's, sorts of fun. It's fun. Uh, hey, we've been up to some uh, Disney and Star Wars things since we last recorded. We have, which was a really long time ago. It was before Celebration, so we should probably explain why we've been MIA. Yes, we should. Um, you're pregnant. I, I'm growing a human, and it's tiring, and a lot of energy goes into it. So I apologize that when I get home... I pretty much want to go to sleep. Yeah, for the next couple of months, we're probably only going to be recording two shows a month, one Tashi Station Radio and one Mouse Droid. Well, thankfully, I think I'm starting to get into the time period where I have more energy, so... We'll play it by ear. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's where we've been. So, we're sorry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, we've uh, went to Celebration. It was fun. Uh, Celebration Anaheim was announced for next year, which we're hopefully going to go to. And uh, that's a bigger intersection of Star Wars and Disney right there. Um, I You read Alphabet Squadron. I did. The latest Star Wars book that was came out. I am currently reading it. Um, what else Star Wars happened that we did? Uh, well, we've done and a lot Disney of Disney things. Uh, we did, th- courtesy of the fine folks at Random House, we did just get a review copy oh, of yes. Black Spire by Delilah S. Dawson. Hopefully we uh, will both have read that by the next episode. Yeah, well, here's hoping. <laughs> and we can talk about it. <laughs> uh, but uh, Star Wars and Parks fans, this book is the perfect intersection for you as it takes place in Batuu. It is. Um, so, yes. We went to Disney a few times. We, it's... You it's, had your last hurrah since the last time we recorded. No, we did that earlier. I think we... No, because, well, well, we, no, because we did that in February. We did, we but we didn't, we didn't announce that was your last no. hurrah. <laughs> right, so, um, back in, like, February and March, uh, we went to... The various parks and went on all of the rides that I hopefully was not going to be able to ride soon enough. So uh, 
We did a Saturday at Magic Kingdom. We rope dropped, um, went on Big Thunder Mountain, Splash Mountain, all of those rides. We did not do uh, Space Mountain because I was feeling a little off by the end of the day. Um, we went to Hollywood Studios and I did Star Tours and Tower of Terror. Um, I don't do Rock and Roller Coaster because it makes me nauseous. Um, we went to Epcot and I did, we did Test Track. Did, we did Test Track, right? Yeah, we did Test Track. Yeah, we did track. Test Track. Um, I don't think we did Soren. I can't remember if we did Soren or not. We, I think we did Mission Space. Um, mostly I just wanted to do Test Track. Mm -hmm. Um, and then of course we went to Animal Kingdom. And, and did one and final did go. one final ride on Flight of Passage, which I will miss, but... It's fine. Actually, like the the really bummer one about Animal Kingdom is that I can't go on the safari, <laughs> which you would think is not like that big of a deal, but it it's so, so bumpy much. that I think that's why they say pregnant women not advise. Expectant mothers should not ride. Mm -hmm. So uh, yes, I did go on the Disney website and look at all of the rides that <laughs> I am prohibited from riding. <laughs> Uh, funnily the um pirates and frozen are okay which i thought would be on the list because of the um because of the drops they're not big drops but you know they're drops but they're fine so weird i probably won't just go on them anyway but alas yes. um we had a you had a friend in town the last week yes i did I can't. <laughs> Brian, my brain is really bad. Pregnancy brain? Yes. Your friend Robin was in Yeah, town. oh, that wasn't last, that was last, last week. Yeah. That's, I, th I thought you meant like this week. I'm like, no, there wasn't. Yes, Robin uh, was here um, with her niece. And so we went to meet them at Epcot and we went to sauna, which is delicious. Sauna, if... You are, if you're looking for something you haven't tried before at uh, Disney at Disney World in terms of food, oh my God, sauna is amazing. It's very good. Uh, so it's Indian inspired, um, and they do this incredible bread service where it's a giant plate of naan and a giant rack of dipping sauces, um, enough to happily feed a table of four, and oh, it is so good. It is so, so good. So good. We're going back for lunch next week. We are. <laughs> um, what else have we done? I don't know. We went to Epcot a few times. We it have been to Epcot a garden. few times. Uh, we got our two pass holder magnets. Mm -hmm. So that was fun. Um, yeah. That's, that's about the extent of it. Yep. Now we're just going to kind of avoid the parks for a while because it's summer. It is summer. It's very hot and sticky and, and stormy and stormy. It's not as crowded, though. I, so I will say here's a tip for people wanting to plan their Disney vacations. Yeah, it's crowded in the summer because kids are out of school, but um, it's actually not as bad as it used to be because so many people are trying to come during the off season now, which spoilers, there is no off season um, that a lot of people have switched their 
vacations from summer to like other times of the year, especially like to go to f- flower and garden or food and wine, those types of festivals. So um, if you don't mind scorching heat and humidity um, and storms every day, come during the summer because it's not as bad and they usually offer room discounts. <laughs> they do offer room discounts. <laughs> I, I normally would not encourage people to come during the summer, but like, you know, a lot of people have to because of school schedules. Um, so if you're one of those people and you're like, oh, I'll never go to Disney because it's so crowded during the summer, it's actually not. Especially if you're one of the schools that goes back to school after Labor Day, and you're if you're in one of those parts of the country, the end of August is really a decent time to go because all of the Florida schools are already back in session. A lot of the South schools and other parts of the country are back. So your parents have come a few times during that time of the year. Yeah. It's and a crowd wise. It's great. Uh, temperature and weather wise. Little you, tricky. You need to uh, plan for it, but yeah, maybe we can do that going in the summer. Have we done that? Probably. Probably, yeah. I just can't remember. (laughs) Probably. Oh, one other thing. We planned our baby moon. Oh, yes. Which will be taking place at, surprise, surprise, um, the Swan and Dolphin. And we will be shuttling between uh, Hollywood Studios and Epcot to enjoy all of the various things happening during food and wine season and extra, extra magic hours on Galaxy's Galaxy's Edge. Edge. More on that later. Yes. Uh, hey, let's hop into some Disney Entertainment news. Uh, Aladdin came out and was panned critically. Did decently at the box office, though. It did decently. Um, Avengers Endgame released, and that's how long it's been since we recorded last. (laughs) Sorry, I saw that note and I was like, oh, crap. Uh, we have thoughts of which you can hear on our, uh, big mega spoiler review on TSR. So go find that episode in the feeds. Uh, We really liked it. I liked it. It's not my favorite Marvel movie. Um, but I think maybe it's in, if it's, I don't know if it's in my top five, but it's close. It's definitely in the top half of Marvel movies for me. Um, and the last like hour or so is like probably my favorite span of Marvel movies. (laughs) My review boils down to, he said this thing and I'm happy. (laughs) He did. He said the thing. And Carol did the thing. Carol did the thing, (laughs) which also made me happy. (laughs) Uh, Spider-Man Far From Home is up next and will be the capper to uh, phase three. Yes. And we have no idea what the heck's coming out in phase four. Like, we believe they're making a Black Widow movie, but we don't know really anything concrete about, like, when it's coming out or any of that information. And... Other questions that were raised by Endgame, if you saw Endgame, which hopefully you have by now. Um, but like, please forgive our barking dog. Yeah, she has opinions about Endgame um, and Black Widow. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like they haven't really. I, I mean, I know they've announced a few things like the Eternals and like that, and we know there's going to be another Black Panther. We know there's going to be another Guardians, but like we don't really know the roadmap. Like they release with the other phases so it'll be very interesting to see where they go from here yeah because uh like end game i mean they could pretty much end after that 
<laughs> and I mean, not that they would, but they could. No, I mean, the good thing is that like one story ended, but they definitely made room for the next generation of heroes to be starring in the movies yeah and not next generation as in young but like you know like black panther and captain marvel and Mm -hmm. those sorts of folks so yes oh oh i didn't even put this in the notes because i wrote the notes before this came out the frozen 2 trailer oh yes yes um so i like frozen i don't care that it's you know played ad nauseum and they put too much of it in the parks and all of that i like it i like the movie i like the song um and i was very intrigued by the first frozen teaser and the poster um and the second the trailer it doesn't really give a lot of plot information but i really like the direction they're going and that it seems like an adventure movie and a quest and like Anna, Elsa and Kristoff are like all on it together, I think is very cool. It's not what I was expecting a frozen two to be, but I'm very much here for it. Yeah. And I like that. Like, you know, it's Elsa is, you know, now she's queen Elsa. Um, and I love the line in the trailer where they say, uh, one of the trolls says, we always feared Elsa's powers were too great for this world. Now we must hope they are enough. Like, I just really love the idea of Elsa's powers being feared for so long. And now they're the thing that might save the world or part of the world. Like, I just really like that theme and that trope and yeah. Here for it. I'm here for it. I'm super excited for that movie. When is that one coming out? Fall? November. November. Okay. Yep. So we will have to see it in one of our, probably one of the last movies we see. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Hey, some parks and resort news. Uh, The Tron coaster has ride infrastructure going up. Uh, A bunch of the support pillars are up over at Magic Kingdom. Now, is that going to be an indoor outdoor roller coaster? It's a call. It's indoor and, and outdoor. outdoor. Okay. That's the only crappy thing about that is when, you know, they have to shut down for weather. <laughs> you know. Um, I think the outdoor part is covered. Oh, okay. Though. So it's open air, but there's a well, ceiling over it. In lightning, they'll still have to. True. They'll still have to shut down That'd for That'd be one but. of the few rides they have to do that for. Hmm. What? Oh, wait. No, there's a couple over else that they'd have to shut down oh, for. Oh, yeah. There's a bunch at Magic um, Kingdom. Yeah, so that ride I am super excited for. Yeah, there you can see if you go to Magic Kingdom, um, if you go on the People Mover, you can see all of the massive construction that's happening over there for the Tron Coaster. Um, also, Epcot's getting a major entrance restructuring. Last time we were over there, uh, half of um, the, the entrance, monoliths the monoliths were... were boarded off. Yeah, and a lot of the um, parks, too... Uh, Magic Kingdom and Epcot are both having renovations to their security drop off and, and check studios po- the tram drop off and checkpoints. And studios, I believe, just finished theirs. Right. Yeah. So studios did theirs 
early because they changed the whole parking entrance and they had the Skyliner entrance, the Skyliner station they needed to build. And then so they had to like move the bus stations. They had to move the and expand the tram drop off and expand the security. So now Epcot and Magic Kingdom are doing the same thing, which is annoying because the tram drop off is like way far away. <laughs> you, you don't save a whole lot of energy no. taking the tram versus walking yeah, right now. Yeah, it's annoying. Um, there were rumors, speaking of Epcots, there were rumors floating around that the seas and the land were being demolished. Uh, yeah. Disney has debunked those rumors. Yeah, I think what they said was the that's not, they'll be around for like a long time. So they didn't necessarily say they're never going to tear them down. But like, plus these rumors were talking about like mid 2020s. Um, this was not in like, like all the construction that's happening at Epcot right now. So I think like people kind of freaked out and were like, oh my God, no, they can't do that. And it's like, well, it would be long after all of the things they're doing now are open. But also like, I can't see them doing anything to the land because of Soren. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, they'd have to come up with a new entrance for Soren in order to do something like that. Yeah. I mean, they can because Soren's in a different building, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that would be like I can I can see them renovating them, but shutting them down. I don't I don't know. Yeah. Uh, we've got the first batch of, uh, narrators for the Candlelight Processional this year. Uh, we've got Whoopi Goldberg, Pat Sajak, Stephen Curtis Chapman, and Edward James Olmos confirmed to be attending. Is Edward James Olmos going to end his with So Say We All? God, I hope so. (laughs) It would probably be deemed sacrilegious (laughs) at Christmas time. Uh, indeed. And somewhere What is, are our animals doing? They're making a ruckus. I have no idea what they're doing. <laughs> um, speaking of things happening at Epcot, would you like to hear the 2019 Food and Wine concert lineup? Uh, yes. All right. The 2019 Eat to the Beat lineup includes Plain White Tees, Sawyer Brown, a first-time act, Mercy Me, Grace Kelly, first-time act, Zach Williams and Lauren Daigle, also first-time acts, Jimmy Allen, first-time act, uh, the Almond Betts Band, Everclear, Starship featuring Mickey Thomas, Postmodern Jukebox, Blue October, Mark Wills, Sugar Ray, Taylor Dane, India, first-time, uh, Boyce Avenue, first-time, Southern Avenue, <laughs> first-time, uh, my arch-nemesis, Kenny G., 38 Special, Baja Men, Billy Ocean, Sheila E., High Valley, Hanson, Sheena Easton, Chris Allen, first time there, uh, Boys to Men, The Hooters, Big Bad Voodoo Daddy, and D. Capella. Uh, there are some still a couple uh, to-be-named slots in there, but uh, that is the announced lineup list so far. We'll be back for Postmodern Jukebox. Yes. Always a great act. Yes. And uh, we'll try and hit up uh, Big Bad Voodoo Daddy, of course. Uh, you want to see Sheila E. again? Uh, I think I'm probably good. Okay. <laughs> yes, Big Bad Voodoo Daddy and... Postmodern Jukebox. Yes. And finally, we've got a D23 schedule. Um, 
So uh, there's some highlights. Uh, the Disney Legends Awards ceremony is taking place uh, Friday, August 23rd. The big Disney Plus presentation where I'm expecting we're going to hear a lot of the shows that are coming uh, to Disney Plus is Friday, August 23rd at 3.30 p.m. Pacific. Uh, Walt Disney Studios presentation is at 10 a.m. Saturday. And the Disney Parks Experience and Products presentation is 10.30 Sunday. So those are going to be the big marquee panels where things get announced. Yes. So stay tuned. Um, Disney, I'm expecting a lot of big things out of the Disney Plus panel. Yeah. um, There's a, I mean, there's a lot of announcements that are happening, but we still don't know a lot about um, other shows that are coming, like... You, we know there's a Cassian show coming, but we don't know anything really about it. Mm-hmm. So I hope we get some more information about future shows, but I definitely expect some more information on The Mandalorian. Yeah. Uh, okay, that is our entertainment news, um, or our Parks and Resorts news, uh, which brings us to the discussion topic this week. Galaxy's Edge is open at Disneyland, and a whole bunch of stuff is known now that we did not know before. Yes, um, uh, I will. I will clear. I will state for the record, I have not watched any Galaxy's Edge videos, nor have I deliberately sought out information other than like what has been officially like you know like disney like press releases and stuff like i've i've read those but like i haven't gone and looked at vloggers like videos and stuff like that not necessarily i'm i don't i'm not the whole like i need to keep it a surprise because obviously i mean the experience is what matters but i also feel like I know I'm going to go pretty soon after it opens, so I kind of want to just go and be like, whoa, <laughs> you know, and then discover things that way. This could be a very short segment then. No, I mean, I know, I know the, I know the details. I just haven't like watched a lot of like, you know, here's our tips. I, I did, however, read a sp- very important article places to sit in galaxy that is the biggest service (laughs) article anyone in the blogosphere has put out there so thank you to that site and that writer thank you very much um so yeah the park is open there was a big opening ceremony Mm -hmm. uh event uh, late at night uh bob Iger, george lucas mark hamill and harrison ford were on hand with um lady williams and uh, Billy D. Williams uh, were on hand for the dedication ceremony, yeah. and uh, Harrison kicked off the fireworks with a little tribute to uh, Peter Mayhew. Yeah, that was very sad. Um, but yeah, it was really cool seeing the pictures of all of them together again, and I know Mark Hamill was really happy to be reunited with all of them again. Um, George, of course, was thrilled, as usual. <laughs> It was so funny, like, seeing comments from people online, like, George looks so mad about what Disney has done to Star Wars, and I'm like, um, do you know anything about George Lucas? Like, like, this is his normal facial expression. (laughs) Like, he's fine, you guys. He doesn't care. Yeah, George George acted like that even when he owned Star Wars. Yeah, so he did. <laughs> yeah, everything's fine. Yeah. Um 
And we've learned that there is sort of a main character at Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. Vi Marathi. Yeah. So Vi is one of the major viewpoint characters in Phasma. I'd say she's the main character of Phasma, probably. I'd agree with that, yeah. Um, and we knew that she was going to be part of uh, the novel Black Spire, which takes place in uh, Batu. Um, but... And then we saw, like, video of her, like, inviting the media to their, to the media event. Um, and then the media event happened and there was a, you know, people have gone there now, like normal guests. And yeah, she's the character just walking around and greeting guests. I don't think she has, like, a meet and greet, mm -mm. but she's, she's roaming, roaming the land and... You can chat with her, and it's really cool that they have that. And it's a book character, and Delilah Dawson has tweeted about how that happened. And it was basically they had a she was a different they had a different name for the character. I can't remember what it was, but um, basically they were at she was asked, "Do you mind if can we change the character's name to Vi and use her for the parks?" And of course, Lila's like, uh, yeah, sure, we can do that. Um, not realizing how big she was going to be in the parks. Um, so I gotta imagine that's kind of awesome. And especially because Delilah um, lives in Florida. And if you follow her on Twitter or Instagram, you can see her post from Disney World sometimes. So being able to go to the park and like interact with the character you created is probably going to be very cool and insane. Uh, so yeah, I, I am super excited for that. And also there's other, um, there's other characters walking around There's stormtroopers. There's like first order officers and they will like harass you and stuff. I've seen some really cute videos of, uh, people, um, with their kids, like interacting with the first order officers. Um, and I've seen a lot of pictures of little rays with the Ray character that walks around. And there is also a Kylo Ren that walks around. Apparently all of that, except Kylo is so cute. <laughs> yes. Um, so, uh, something cool that has kind of popped up in the fan community <laughs> since Galaxy's Edge opened up are people doing what's called kit bashing phone cases. Now, if you haven't heard of it before, kit bashing is essentially taking model kits and repurposing components to be used for other purposes. So what people are doing is they're taking model kits and they are gluing them onto phone cases and then spray painting and weathering these components to make them look like data pads out of the Star Wars universe. So... Your phone case now makes your cell phone look like a data pad, so you can use the data pad integration in the Disney Parks Play app while you're in Galaxy's Edge to play the mini games that are in the parks. Um, another thing I saw people were doing the same thing with Apple Watch cases, so they can be comlinks. I really want to do that. <laughs> well, you have to get a like a crappy, cheap Apple Watch thing and do that. Yeah, I can get a cheap yeah. Apple Watch case. Yeah. It'd be fun. <laughs> yeah. 
Like, oh, I'm going to role play there. It's going to be great. <laughs> uh, we found out a whole lot more about Smuggler's Run. Yes. Um, the queue is the queue by itself is incredible. Yeah. So you're walking through the Millennium Falcon and um, there's, you know, the whole Dejeric table and all of the hallways and uh, Mark Hamill posted an adorable photo of him and his wife at the Dejeric table, which was very cute. Um, so, yeah, like, like you're walking basically through the Falcon um, and I think you kind of just wait there in a holding area until you're called to board the cockpits which is kind of neat um and then from there you go into different rooms so the cockpit that you see uh is not actually the cockpit that you're in for the ride Mm -hmm. so like you enter the ride where it's basically like you're in the falcon where the falcon is but you're not actually going in inside of the big falcon outside yes um so yeah there's like several different cockpits which is kind of how they do uh mission space at epcot they have the different pods you can go into. Yeah, they, they, it's really clever, though, because you can't see the other pods. Right, so it so, feels like you're the Yeah, only so when one. you're walking into mission space, uh, into the centrifuge area, you can see all of the capsules. Right. Here, they've c- cleverly hidden all of it, uh, all of it on the other side of the door to the quote-unquote cockpit. Yeah. And there must be like this revolvers thing. Yeah. Where it just rotates these cockpit assemblies to that door and just lets people board in there. Yeah, that's, that's, it's really smart and helps with the immersion. Um, and then the, the ride itself has six different positions that you can get assigned to. And also there's a single rider line. Which is really helpful to keep weight down down if you're, you know, by yourself or you don't care if you get separated from your friends. But for that type of ride, that's kind of a ride you probably want to wait in yeah. the regular line for. Um, yeah, I've heard I've heard good things about the ride. Um, it's definitely not the headliner of Galaxy's Edge, which is wild to me though, right? Because like this, it's m- the Falcon, you know. This is. This, by all accounts, is the most technologically advanced simulator ride Disney has ever done. Yeah. And it's the stinking Millennium Falcon. Yeah, I mean... And it's not the headliner. No. I mean, I've heard some people say, you know, complain about it that, I guess, weren't super impressed by it. Um, But I think a lot of that is nitpicking disney fans (laughs) yeah and also the people who aren't impressed by it are are the people who are never going to be impressed by anything short of actually building a millennium falcon and sending them into space right like you know and then uh, most people were kind of like uh, i saw a comment that it's like kind of an overblown video game like you're basically like playing a video game or whatever and i'm like okay but that sounds fun. <laughs> playing a vi- playing a video game <laughs> using the Millennium the Falcon. Falcon as the controls. I, 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 that sounds pretty great to me. Right. And like, you know, this isn't the ride like I'm stoked for. Like I'm I definitely can't wait to hear about Rise of the Resistance and what's what that's like. But like, I mean, we we talked on the podcast before about, you know, 
our life-changing experience at Flight of Passage, which I just think is the most technologically advanced thing Disney's done so far. And I, I can't imagine how Rise of the Resistance will be able to beat it. Um, but I've seen lots of people say that Flight of Passage is just soaring over Pandora. And I'm like, how can you feel that way? So ride opinions are very subjective. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you are a Star Wars fan, the being able to fly in the Millennium Falcon is probably going to make you like this ride yeah <laughs> uh merch we learned a lot more about merch there's a lot of merch there is so much merch um so there's the main the store where you build the lightsabers which, which i think Savvies. is might be the marquee merch attraction yes there it's a it's like Ollivander's on steroids. There's a very long line to get in. Apparently, people are not able to get in during their reservation period because the line gets capped so long. And these are $200 lightsabers, so <laughs> that's saying something. Mm-hmm. Um, there's Doc Ondor's Antiquities, uh, which is sort of like where they have the busts and the holocrons and those sorts of things um then they have the toy place which has all of like the plushies and the the toy animals and is there another store i can't remember there are several shops scattered throughout but the most important thing to me is that you can get a mouse droid popcorn bucket. I know, yes. I definitely want one. I just, I I saw, like, a few pictures when um, the uh, media event was happening. That was when I saw most of the pictures. And that marketplace area looks really cool. And I, I, I want to just hang around that area because <laughs> it's covered and it looks, it reminds me of um, in Diagon Alley, so you know how like when you go in straight, there's that main rope, there's that main alley, you go down where Gringotts is and the mm-hmm. dragon. And then where um, the Weasley store is, you can go to the right. And then where Gringotts is further up, you can go to the right and it forms kind of like a triangle almost. Mm-hmm. And that part off to the side is all covered and has all the stores. That's what the marketplace reminds me of that section of diet yeah yeah it kind of does give you that vibe yeah and i wonder if there would be air conditioning in that area because nocturne alley in diagon alley is is that sort of like covered place and that is air conditioning (laughs) yes but yeah it definitely reminds me of that sort of like area where i just kind of want to sit down and people watch and of course, there is a whole bunch of food options. Oh wait, I forgot the oh, yeah. the, um, the clothing store. Yes, where they have a lot of uh, cosplay type outfits, and then just regular like Star Wars bounding outfits, which I need to go and buy Star Wars clothes. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and we've got food, food and drink. Oh, yes. there's a lot of really interesting stuff. Uh, Docking Bay Seven Food and Cargo 
is a multi-purpose transport shuttle docked on top of a large hangar that beckons guests into the uh, docking bay seven food and cargo, yeah. a designated location for traveling food shuttle. <laughs> traveling food shuttles <laughs> <laughs> clever disney i see what you did there i love it i love it um docked in the hangar is tugs grub a traveling diner for diners traveling okay run by chef strono cookie tugs in high demand for his cooking skills he moves from site to site in a modified senar chawl Utilipede transport that can be transformed into a mobile kitchen and restaurant. His travels across the galaxy allow him to fill his pantry with exotic ingredients, which he uses to make new and unusual dishes inspired by his time on Takodana. Oh, that was a lot of backstory in one paragraph. Yes. Um, okay, so the entrees at Dock 7 are smoked cad- smoked kadu ribs which are sticky pork ribs served with a blueberry corn muffin and cabbage slaw, fried endoran tipiap, uh, which is crispy chicken served ro- with a roasted vegetable potato mash, and herb gravy. Ooh, that one sounds good. Uh, yob shrimp noodle salad, uh, falutian garden spread, braised shack roast, which is a beef pot roast served with cavatelli pasta, wilted kale, and mushrooms. That sounds really good. And a Thorian garden loaf, which is a plant-based, quote-unquote, meatloaf, uh, served with roasted vegetables, potato mash, and seasonal ve- seasonal vegetables. Uh, for desserts, there's the Oi Oi Puff, which is a raspberry cream puff w- with a passion fruit mousse, and Batu Bon, a chocolate cake with white chocolate mousse and coffee custard. Yummy. Yes. Um, yeah, all the food sounds really interesting. Um, I'm very uh, intrigued to try some of the stuff because I can be picky. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I, there are a few things that stick out that I definitely want to try. Um, I'm also like, I hope they don't change the menu eventually because if people are like, oh, this is too weird for me, you know, because that's sort of what makes it Star Wars-y. Yeah. <laughs> Now, probably the marquee food and beverage attraction is, of course. Oh, there's o- also. Did you mention the um the cat the uh the Ronto roasters? Oh, the Ronto roasters. I think that's roasters. in the marketplace area. That's like where they like have the. Uh, it's more of like a walk up like stand. Yeah, they have like the meats. Yeah. So, uh, and they use a pod racer engine yes that looks really cool (laughs) it does look really cool they use a pod quote-unquote pod racer engine to roast the meat Uh, over there you can get the ronto wrap which is roasted pork and grilled sausage with a peppercorn sauce and tangy slaw wrapped in pita that sounds good i'll probably get that (laughs) uh nuna turkey jerky uh and a collection of specialty beverages such as the tatooine sunset the sour sarlacc and the melu run juice (laughs) Uh, over at Black Spire Outpost Market, you can get yourself um, uh, Katsaka's Kettle, which is multicolored kettle corn, as well as green and blue milk. Yes. Uh, Gotta have your green and blue milk. But the big attraction, food and drink-wise, is, of course, Oga's Cantina. Yes. I cannot wait. <laughs> Also, Oga's Cantina, from what I've read or seen talked about, it also has the longest wait time. Um, so far, it seems like the um, reservation system they had in Disneyland worked pretty well. Um, 
so, you know, people don't have to like wait in a long line to get in the, in the land. Um, you know, I've heard like when people get in there for their times, the Falcon ride, you know, has a long line, but by the end of the time period, it gets down pretty like decent, but the cantina is pretty much capped immediately in the Savi's lightsaber building. Yeah, um, those were like uh, those were like uh, the what the Frozen ride used to be, where everyone runs over there as soon as the gates are open. Yeah, and good luck well, getting in. And the problem is, it's a small place. Yeah, because you know you don't you don't want to have the cantina be super big. Um, and obviously everyone's, everyone wants to go into the cantina. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. so yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how everything works out when the reservations go away and when it opens in Walt Disney World, (laughs) because, uh, you know, people are going to be going to the cantina at like 6am and (laughs) ordering drinks it's five o'clock, five o'clock somewhere. somewhere in the galaxy far far away <laughs> so oga's cantina run by the boss of the black spire outpost underworld oga gara oga's cantina is an establishment that attracts some of the most interesting and disrep- disreputable characters in the galaxy very little is known about oga herself she's not usually at the cantina preferring to collect payments remotely and most of the locals have never laid eyes on her before <gasps> Her patrons come from across the galaxy to sample the famous concoctions offered here. These beverages are created with unique ingredients using otherworldly methods. In addition, Oga regularly procures unique shipments of beers, ciders, and wine. While partaking in these thirst-quenching concoctions, guests can enjoy the musical stylings of DJ R3X. <laughs> I was going to say you got to mention the most important part of Oga's cantina. Breaks! Breaks! Where are the breaks? Ah! Which has been lovingly brought back by 3PO. Thanks, 3PO. So Before- yeah, if you if you did not get a chance to ride the original Star Tours, Rex was the pilot, voiced by none other than Paul Rubens, aka Pee Wee Herman. Mm-hmm. And also Rex appeared in one of the early episodes of Star Wars Rebels. Which was great. <laughs> All right, so, oh yes, there are concoctions with alcohol. There are many concoctions with alcohol. <laughs> uh, in the mornings, you can get a spear and calf, uh, which is Peru Alto Mayo Organic Joffrey's Coffee, orange marmalade, rum, vanilla, whipped cream, and citrus zest. Or you can get a bloody rancor, a vodka chili liqueur, <laughs> spicy bloody Mary mix, oh, and a rancor bone. That's hilarious. That's pretty good. Uh, in the afternoons and evenings, you can get yourself a fuzzy tauntaun, it's peach vodka, peach schnapps, orange juice with tangerine, pure cane sugar, and a buzz of foam. I do want that. That sounds good. But I can't have it yet. You can have it after December. I will. Uh, the Jedi Mind Trick, which is grapefruit and rose rose vodka. Uh, Phalernum, uh, blue curacao, white grape juice, lime juice, and grapefruit bitters. The Outer Rim, which is silver tequila, acai liqueur, uh, lime juice, pure cane sugar, black salt, and exotic fruit puree. Uh, you can also get yourself a T-16 Skyhopper. Vodka, melon liqueur, kiwi, and half and half. Uh, jet juice, which I'm going to go for, is bourbon, chili liqueur, acai liqueur, white grape juice, and lime juice. And, of course, the Yub Nub, 
Because everyone needs a drink called the Yub Nub. Who doesn't? Pineapple rum, spiced rum, citrus juices, and passion fruit. Actually. That sounds good. That sounds like a drink I, I need to try. That does sound like a Nancy drink. <laughs> uh, and then there's the Bespin Fizz. Uh, rum, Yazoo Puree, pomegranate juice, white cranberry juice, and a cloud swirl. That also sounds like something I might like. Um, so they've also got beers on tap. And <gasps> I didn't see this. One of them is called Gold Squadron Lager. Yay! Uh, there's also the White Wampa Ale, the Gamorian Ale, and the Bad Motivator IPA. <laughs> That's good. That is good. Um, the cider is the Spice Runner Hard Cider. And wine, they've got a Tonnerre and an Imperial Guard. Oh, you gotta have the Tonnerre. Right? Have you seen the various uh, cheeky glasses that they come in? And the... the uh, the beer flight, um, I I don't know what you call it, how the beer flight is delivered to the table. I haven't, no. Oh, so I, looks like, I think the beer flight is sort of delivered to the table with like, in little tiny, what is all supposed to be Rancor teeth. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I'm tr- let me try to Google it and see if I can find a picture of it. So, uh. In addition to all the alcohol, um, Oga's Cantina does serve small plates, uh, kind of similar to Jock Lindsay's mm-hmm. uh, hangar bar. Um, there's chips, uh, taco options, uh, things like that. So mm-hmm. uh, you can also get something to eat with your liquor. Yes. Which is always a good thing. Yes. Okay. I've, 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 I found, yeah. If you Google Oga's Cantina beer flight. Oga's Cantina beer flight. And look on the images. images. Yeah. Oh, that is really cute. Right. So, uh, they the second the second picture in the image search show you can see the different tiki glasses too. There's one that's a porg. Oh. <laughs> I kind of need that. <laughs> oh no, they are also doing collectible um uh coasters. Oh. Like Jock Lindsay's. Oh yeah, they are. Sweet. Oh, I'm gonna need all of them. I know. So yeah, the it's a very crafty look to all uh, to all of these uh tiki mugs and this uh flight board. Yeah. Um just there I I love just how much detail they've put into this like jock Lindsay's, i feel like was the perfect testing ground yeah for this cantina theming kind of thing and i mean if if this is if this is just as good as jock Lindsay's, i'm gonna be really happy i put in a link to the um the blog post from the disney food blog that shows that's about their trip to the cantina oh okay um and they think they have, uh, they have pictures of the, yeah. There's a picture that shows their beer flight and all of the different uh, alcoholic drinks. Now I did see a video where um, there every now and then the power will start to fluctuate in the cantina, and the bartenders will go start banging on a power motivator yeah. behind the bar yeah. to get it to start working again. It's just clever thematic and storytelling little details they sprinkle in, which I think is just going to make galaxy's edge super, super special. 
Um, oh my god. One of the beer taps is just three porgs standing on top of each other. What? Uh, oh, I see that. <laughs> that is great. Uh, one of the beer tap handles are just three porgs standing on top of each other. I love it. <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh, that's so good. Oh. Attention to little detail. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Um, and uh, some close-ups. Uh, we're seeing some close-ups of the uh, collectible coaster. So if you've ever gone to Jock Lindsay's, uh, there's like a half dozen or more uh, collectible coasters uh, that you get when you order a drink. Um, and we've collected a bunch, brought them home, framed them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're a lot of fun. It looks like Galaxy's Edge is doing the same thing here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> their menu is doing the Battlestar Galactica thing where it does, where they cut off corner the corners of the paper. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm so excited. Yes. I'm going to get to go get a drink in a star All wars right. cantina What's the, the cliff uh i don't think i'm gonna like this which one the the cliff dweller is the one in the porg mug oh but okay you might have to we might have to buy it just for the porg mug listen if you don't like it i'll drink it i know <laughs> oh there is a lava roll that looks amazing. The Mustafarian lava roll. Oh, the Yub Nub is the one that comes in a tiki glass. You can buy it in a tiki glass that has uh, the Battle of Endor, like Ewoks carved on it. Aww. Yeah. And yeah, the, the beer flight is Rancor beer flight with souvenir board with poor teeth. $75. <laughs> Okay. That'll be a one-time thing for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to have to get the drink called the Jet Juice. Oh, yeah. Because Jet Juice. Yes. Uh, there is so much thought and detail that's gone into every little bit of Oga's Cantina, mm-hmm. and I cannot wait to experience it for myself when Galaxy's Edge opens up out here in Florida. Yeah. So... We also got to talk about the cast members. Disney is allowing their cast members to do something really creative and unique, and they're letting their cast members come up with stories for the characters they play. So they're Mm -hmm. all inhabiting a character when they're working Galaxy's Edge. So they can have in-universe conversations with you. And I, I love that they have empowered their cast members to just take the immersion up a notch or two. Um, and am I going to be that guy there, straight-faced, role-playing with them? Yeah, <laughs> I sure am. I probably will not because I am terrible at improvisation and will clam up and be like, uh, Oh, I think you're going to get in on it, too. No, I don't know. I'm you're, kind of You mad. are totally going to just, without even thinking about it, I don't get know. into the act. We'll see. Um, so... The reservation system at Disneyland is ending soon, and Galaxy's Edge opens up here in uh, Walt Disney World in just a couple of months, Um, which means it's probably a good time to talk strategy for Galaxy's Edge. The problem is, I don't even know if we're going to be able to predict anything until the reservation system at Disneyland is over. Yeah, in a weird way, Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland is open, but we're kind of in an extended soft open right. with the reservation system so, they're using. So here's the thing. I 
I go on some Disney message boards and there's a lot of discussion happening right now about whether or not there needs to be um, reservations at Disney World. Um, if you are familiar with Disney World versus Disneyland, you will realize immediately the problem with having reservations at Disney World. At Disneyland, there are what? two, three hotels mm -hmm. that are on site. So saying everyone who stays at a hotel can get a reservation, and then you can also have leftovers for day guests and locals or you know, people who are staying off site. Disney World has about 30,000 hotel rooms across, I don't even know how many hotels it's up to now. <laughs> Um, it is absolutely impossible to let every person who's staying on site get a reservation in a Galaxy's Edge. It's it's just not feasible. And so some people are saying, well, you know, you're not guaranteed entrance to Galaxy's Edge by, you know, buying a ticket or staying on site. And I, my opinion is it is way too late for them to say, okay, well, you might get into Galaxy's Edge and you might not, you know, because people have planned their vacations and stayed on are staying on site um, because of the privileges it entails. Mm -hmm. um, so basically the conclusion a lot of people has drawn have drawn is Disney World has not so far said they're going to be putting in a reservation system. However, they can do so if they want to, um, but they will probably wait until... They're probably waiting to gauge how Disneyland yes. does after the now, reservation system ends Disneyland there. is going to be doing a virtual queue system to get into the land. I can see Disney World doing that before they do like the reservation slots. Mm -hmm. So in that case, it would probably be a matter of you get to the park, you open your app and book your reservation for when you can go into Galaxy's Edge, basically like a fast pass, except you can't do it in advance. Yeah. Um, if they don't do that for the land, they're probably going to end up doing it for the cantina. I think they already have done it for the cantina in Disneyland. I would love it if they would do that for the cantina. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, unfortunately, like, the only thing we can really tell you for sure when it comes to Galaxy's Edge in Florida is if you are staying in an on-site hotel, they are, they, <laughs> extra magic hours are not happening during Galaxy's Edge. However, you can do extra, extra magic hours where the parks will open at 6 a.m. for on-site hotel guests. For quite a while. Yeah, pretty much through November. So and pretty much the entire duration of food and wine. Yes. Um, these extra, extra magic hours are happening. Yes. And it's from 6 to 9 a.m. So three hours and extra magic hours are usually a really good time to go to the parks. Um, and because of how early they are, yeah, a lot of people are going to like push themselves to wake up early to go to Galaxy's Edge because that's why they came here. I think a lot of other families are probably not going to get up at 6 a.m. or not 6 a.m. at like 4 five. or 4 a.m. 4 or 5, yeah. To get there in time. And it will probably be a really good time to go. Um, also, 
all of the other parks are doing extra magic hours as well. I think they're opening up at 7. So if you are not going to Galaxy's Edge, those are great times to go to the other parks and do all of those headliner rides. Mm-hmm. So um, take advantage of that. It's really, really early. And yeah, it sucks. But just force yourself to get up early, go to Galaxy's Edge, do the ride, and then you can go back to your hotel and sleep in the middle of the day. Yeah. Now, (laughs) if you are coming out on vacation, especially these first couple of months, I strongly, strongly recommend getting a park hopper. Yes. Um, That's going to let you jump into Galaxy's Edge to do a thing or two. And then leave, come back another day, do a thing or two, yeah, and then leave. It's, it's going to be, be the only way you can stay It's going to be really crowded. Um, there's no way around it. It's going to be crowded. Um, but, you know, if you are, you know, if you have your strategy, if you know this is definitely what I have to do here, um, you know, I think it'll be doable. I, there's also a lot of discussion going on in the Disney World forums because usually like September is more of a slow time at Disney. Um, Like I said, there are no off times at Disney anymore, but September, all of the schools are back in session. Um, And there's food and wine going on, but it's usually a, you know, not a lot of people are taking their kids out of school right after school starts. Yeah. Um, And also it's hurricane season, (laughs) peak hurricane season in September. So people are wondering if it's really going to be as bad as people predicted as, Um, you know, come, come December holiday season and Thanksgiving. All bets are off. Yeah. um, Especially during um, the food and wine half marathons yeah wine and Um, dine yeah that's gonna be crowded but um you know it's really hard to say here's what to do to get in the land um i think once we get closer to the actual open date we'll know a lot more about the logistics yeah i mean you can see some strategy that disney's putting into place to alleviate the crunch yeah but there we're not gonna know until then but uh, i i would definitely say Get a park hopper pass. Yeah. And just plan on spending a little bit of time at Galaxy's Edge on multiple days. Yeah. If you do one thing a day there and then go to other parks and do, it's going to be less crowded there at other parks. So, I mean, mm-hmm. there's going to be an influx of people no matter what, but hopefully it will be, it will be bearable. Yeah. It should be manageable. And definitely take advantage of fast pass. Uh, where you can at other parks because mm-hmm. that will get you on rides and all that good stuff. All that fun and stuff. And also just like, just enjoy the atmosphere. Like, I know it's easy for us to say because we live here and we have annual passes, but like, honestly, that's like, I don't even really care about the rides at Diagon Alley and Hogsmeade that much. When we had an annual pass for Universal, pretty much all I wanted to do was go there and like sit in the Wizarding World and just hang out or eat at the Three Broomsticks or Leaky Cauldron and walk through the shops (laughs) because it was the atmosphere that was so compelling. And honestly, like my 
the biggest thing I want to do at Galaxy's Edge is just find a place to sit and listen to the area music and watch Mm -hmm. the people go by. (sighs) I'm excited. I am too. Well, you and I are only a couple months away Mm -hmm. from Galaxy's Edge opening up. We have a plan to possibly go, uh, because Galaxy's Edge opens up while we will be at Dragon Con, uh, Labor Day weekend. Um, So we do have a plan to possibly go the day after we get back from Dragon Con. Mm -hmm. Um, It will be, you know, taking off that day for recovery. So depending on what they do as for... uh, you know, reservations or whatever, we might head over and just peruse the land. Yep. And I'd be happy with that. I would too. <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for us this month. I can't go on Smuggler's Run anyway. <laughs> that, that's true. You can. <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for, for us this month. Uh, we'll be back next month. I don't know what we're talking about yet, but we'll figure it out. Uh, all- probably more Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, probably more Galaxy's Edge. Uh, this month episode of The Mouse Raider has been brought to you in part by you, our Patreon subscribers. Uh, that's patreon.com slash Tashi Station. Again, the $1 level gets you into our Patreon-exclusive Slack team, where you can chat with us about all sorts of parks and resort fun. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter on Mouse Droid Show. You can follow Nancy with Nancy Pants. That's Nancy with an I. You can find me with Lane Winry, L-A-N-E-W-I-N-R-E-E. Uh, you can follow the official Tashi Station account with the handle Tashi Station. Uh, Mouse Droid is part of the Tashi Station podcast network. Uh, we're available on iTunes and Google Play and Stitcher and Spotify. Uh, you can also find this on the Tashi Station radio mega feed on all of those same places, and you can subscribe to that to listen to this show and all of our great shows on the network. Thanks for listening to another episode. We'll catch you all next time. Bye. The Mouse Droid is a Tashi Station Network production. For more information and to hear more of our great shows, visit Tashi-Station.net.